0: Do you know, I just get a real sense—not um, just this morning, but I get the sense amongst us, as a as a people, uh, as a church, that that um, we're into something new. I just feel like this—it's like a. This is a bit of a spiritual thing to say, right? <laughs> a bit of a cliche. But I just think we're in a—we're entering a new season. <laughs> that's such a cliche, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's <that's> terrible. <laughs> But I do say, I do think, uh, maybe it's just me, uh, but maybe it's me for us, or us for us. Uh, it's like God's just wanting to drill just a wee bit deeper with us. And as we were praying before, Chantel prayed this thing, it's like, uh, it was just reminded of a phrase many years ago we heard that, we need to go deeper before we can go further. And there's something deeply profound and deeply spiritual about that in terms of what the Father's wanting to do in us before he can do something through us. And I just sense that's what God's doing. We're talking about this thing called the kingdom. We've been doing that and we're going to keep doing that. So if you're getting bored of it, sorry. Um, This is what we're on to. And Jesus spoke, didn't he? He prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come and your will be done here now on earth as it is in heaven. And so many of us, we're so caught up in our earthly existence that we miss it. We don't see it. We don't embrace it because we're so caught up in the earth. We're so caught up in everything that's going on in our lives. But we miss what the Father is already doing here on earth. And it's just, it's unbelievable that God's resources, God, God there as we, we imagine and the angels and everything that is about heaven and his glory in this place that we somehow hope <laughs> that we'll get to one day is available here on earth. And again, as I speak those things, some of you are like, yes. And some of you are like, all oh, right, that's interesting. Big deal. But honestly, I can see it in you. And I'm not not—I don't—I'm not judging. Maybe you think I am. It's, it's about desire, folks. It's about desire. How much of this do we want? Because we can pitch up week after week and go through the motions and stand up and sing the songs. And we can text people and we can, whatever it is, or we can do it for real. And we can really believe... God's in the room, and he's wanting to change our lives. I sound like a stern parent now. I'm really sorry if that's offended you. This is for real. And we get one shot at it. We get one shot at it. There's no point getting through the pearly gates and going, ah, you had a good warm-up, but he didn't really play the match. It's like you're on the subs bench like, come on, he wants us on the field and he wants us playing. That's not even in the notes, we haven't even started yet. Here we go. But here is something, we love, we love striving for the next, we love levels. What do I mean uh, by this? We, we go through our lives kind of trying to reach something, don't we? Reaching and attaining something in life and so you get married and you buy a place and for us it was a crappy wee masonette in Watford and we did our very best and it was, it, was, it was home. But then you kind of, well for us actually, we bought a bigger house for cheaper because we moved here to Northern Ireland. But for some, for some people, you, you, you start off in life and you've got this, but you work hard and you get a better job and you get more cash and you buy the bigger house. Or suddenly you have a family and you think, flip, I need some more bedrooms, I need a bigger house. So we're attaining, we're looking for that next level. Or when you pass your test and you buy a wee scrapper, because that's all you can afford, and that's all you can afford to insure at the age of 17. And then after a while, you get a you get job, a bit more cash, you buy a better car, get a bigger of this, get a bigger of that. You apply the same thing to holidays. So you used to go to Port Rush for a week, but now we've got a bit of, we get to go to such and such. Ah, oh, you don't wear the, the Levi's anymore. No, we buy diesel and the other rip-off brand. Replay, is it? If you're sitting there wearing diesel jeans and replay jeans now, feel very convicted. (laughs) I'm, I'm joking. Sporting achievements, this is for me. It's like you run three miles, what's the next level? Four, five, half marathon, so on, so on. It's like our whole lives are gathered around reaching and reaching and striving and striving for the next level. What's the point? The point is this, that everything depends upon you, upon you striving. And we can relate that same thing to spirituality. You can think, "Ah, oh, if I go to the prayer meeting, if I go to that course, or if I join the Word Up group and I learn more about the Bible, then I'm going to reach the next level, the next level, and I can feel and see more spiritual. And again, it's all about what we do. And this whole sense of reaching to the next level is found within our churches. We talk about advancing the kingdom or building the kingdom. We're here, Carrick Vineyard, to build the kingdom, to advance the kingdom. And the language is all about us and about our involvement. But not so with Jesus. When he spoke of the kingdom, he never talked about building the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took, planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come perch in it. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took, mixed into about 30 kilograms of flour till it worked all the way through. The kingdom is. It's not this something that we... Build as if we've got bricks and wood and plaster and all that stuff to make something that requires us to be the laborers and do it. The kingdom is. It's already there. And Jesus, as he shares those two stories, those two parables with his listeners, he's inviting them to see it, to embrace it, to believe in it, and to join in with the Father and what the Father is already doing. You see, the kingdom is near. And last week we spoke about repenting, repenting of building our own little kingdoms. The kingdom is near, the kingdom is, the kingdom is there. And God is just asking us and is inviting us to be in it instead of doing it. Doing is so much easier than being. And this is what I really feel God in the last week or two is teaching me about again. Is about being. It's about being, not doing I love it and I hate it. I love being, but I hate being. I love it because it forces me to let go and let God. I love it because we simply sit and we rest with God in his presence and he changes us in that place. I love it because we relinquish all our responsibility and we trust that God's actually the one in charge. God's got it covered and he has it under control but I hate it for those same reasons. I hate it because it takes me out of the equation. I hate it because it takes me out of control. Not that I think I'm a control freak type person, but don't we all like to just be in control and feel like we're in control? My fault, uh, default, I guess, as a, as a person and as, as a leader is I love doing, I just love it, doing, to me seems so much easier and it's easy for me to rally the troops and say guys we're going here come on let's go do and whilst there's an element of involvement and an engagement and doing there's this thing that we miss and it's about being and so I commend you I invite you again to Thursday mornings in our venue in Carrick if you can make it at seven fifteen, come join us Early morning prayer meeting. Who likes, those, who likes those words? Early morning. Two bad words. Prayer meeting. Come. Come be with us and come be in his presence. This is a well-known story. Let's remind ourselves of it. Or maybe for some this is the first time. This summarizes, uh, just shows us in such a brilliant way what we're talking about. <laughs> Jesus, his disciples, they're on their way. Comes to this village. Where a woman called Martha opened her home to him. She's having him around for tea or lunch or supper or whatever they they were doing there. Now, Martha's got the sister and she's called Mary, and she's just sitting around doing nothing except listening. She's sitting at Jesus' feet, just listening to the things that he has to say. Martha's distracted by all the preparation. She's there, she's in the kitchen, she's making the lasagna. Oh, she's baking cakes or whatever it is she's doing there. And she comes to him. She said, Jesus, don't you care? My sister's just sitting around, just doing nothing. I'm busy working my socks off here for you. Did you hear that? That's not even in the notes. It's just calm. Don't you realize, God, I'm busy here doing things for you. As if he needs us to do it. And we get so trapped, I do, we get so trapped in, don't you realize, Jesus, I have worked all week for you. What thanks do I get? He's like, Paul, I didn't ask you to do that. I just asked you to be, I asked you to be Mary, not Martha. And it's a choice. Did you see that? Do you see, I haven't read it yet. Uh, The Lord answered, you are worried you're upset about many things. Okay, pause. You are worried and upset about many things. You've many concerns. That's life. That's life. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. Mary. It was a choice. It's what she'd chosen. Mary had chosen. Um, Many of you will know here that we went to uh, Corain and to be part of the church there, and we were on the staff there, and we endured uh, an extensive interview. And one of the questions that was asked of us was, uh, it was a brilliant question. If if I had a spare half hour before an appointment, I was visiting someone, let's say, in hospital. uh, I had a spare half hour And I could uh, attend to some administrative tasks, respond to emails, um, make a phone call, maybe make another quick visit to someone en route to the appointment that I'd made. Or I could spend time just simply being, praying, reading the scriptures, being with Jesus. What would you do? What a question. Here's my answer. Probably the right answer Or the best answer. Well, both answers would have been okay, by the way. Okay? Both would have been valid. But probably the best one, and I said this, was to be like Mary. To be with Jesus. To use that time. To do that. But probably I would have done the other. In reality. And aren't we like that? Aren't we like that? Life is busy, isn't it? It's mental. For many of us, it's a mental time especially if you've got children and what have you. And, and busyness is a huge excuse. It's a relevant one and a right one. But we do get downtime moments. We do have moments or we create moments where we can simply be with Jesus. If we don't, we continually work at things as if we're responsible, as if we're the ones in control, if we're the ones who are Um, making it happen. Confession time. Church leaders have levels. You know, reaching the next level, going further, more, more influence, more whatever. And as a church planter, it was easy to get caught up in numbers, the numbers games. Numbers are important, but actually it's not the thing that's important. Four years ago, this Thursday, we started the church, and we started counting. We started counting people, we started counting how many were coming, and we've continued to do that because it is helpful, it is relevant. Um, another figure that's really um, important too is, well, how much cash have we got? How much money is coming through? In fact, in the olden days, the olden vineyard days, whenever a church was started, You'd you'd have a coach or an overseer who would uh, oversee the, the lead pastors to check in, and make sure things were going well, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And they asked three questions. They were how many people came per month, what was the offering in the month, and how many times did you make love as as a couple together? They were the three questions. Some of you are like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Fortunately, Andy Smith has never asked us that third question. They're dipping in to see what's the health. What's the health like of the church? What's the health like of the couple? (laughs) Now you're embarrassed. (laughs) Levels are important. It's about knowing. And numbers are important. They are. It kind of tells us the health of where things are. But again, it is not down to us. It is about what God is doing. And folks, if you're visiting here this morning and you're thinking, my goodness, these are interesting people. Um, <laughs> you'd be That would be a fair assumption. Um, as much as possible, this is about the kingdom. The kingdom. We come to worship the king, but it's not about us. We desperately work hard at not taking ourselves seriously. And as much as possible, To push and encourage each other towards Jesus. God's kingdom is advancing because of him. And unless the Lord builds the house, all this we do, all this busyness is for nothing. We just do it out of vanity. It's all about him. Though it is the smallest of all seed, when it grows up, it is the largest. The seed is growing And spreading that will one day be home for all living things. It doesn't need our effort to grow and to spread. Yet since the kingdom starts so small like a mustard seed, it grows almost unnoticed. And if we're not careful, we miss it. We miss the kingdom moments in our daily lives because we're so caught up in ourselves. And God is encouraging us to embrace the kingdom But we can't embrace something, if you look at me here, we can't embrace something if our arms are full of ourselves. We have to embrace him and embrace what he's doing by taking the focus off of ourselves and put onto him. the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast. It's invisible. It's silent. It's seemingly without power, seemingly absent, absent. But without yeast, we don't see bread. We don't get bread. And the kingdom is like those things. It's happening in and around us. The presence of the kingdom is spreading. The miracle of the yeast is God's power, God's work, not ours. And he invites us to embrace in that. As well as that, he also invites us to a different mind shift. That we would become like growers rather than producers. A producer. Is someone that takes dead things and makes things happen. A lasagna, second time we've said it this morning. We take a dead cow in the mince, just getting it right. We hope, unless it's imported from France. (laughs) Nay, a good one. (laughs) We take an onion. We take, we don't need a lesson. I'm trying to make a point there. (laughs) Keep out of it. We take the ingredients (laughs) and make something and we produce something. The difference between that and a grower is a grower sowed seeds and waters them and tends to them and works the soil, and pulls out the weeds, and fertilizes it. But the one difference between a producer and a grower is a grower can't grow. It just happens. And so we, as people of the kingdom, we can tend to the land, we can sow the seeds, we can go to the people and the places, and be present. But the one thing that we can't do is grow. That's his job. He's the one who grows. He's the one who's doing the advancing. It's about him. It's not about us. So, we smile to the nervous person standing in the line at the bus stop. We tip the Polish man who cleans our car at the car wash. We acknowledge the person who's selling the big issue, even though we feel embarrassed that we don't really want to buy it. Sometimes we do buy it and sometimes we don't, but we acknowledge their existence and we smile and we say something nice to them. We visit the the elderly person who is old and frail and is dying of cancer. We hold their hands as we walk through that journey with them, still daring to believe, even in those final hours, that God's kingdom could come and that healing could take place because they're the things that we're reaching for. They're the things that we're uh, asking God to, to be a part of. We put our arms around the child and our households who are journeying the experience of the AQE tests that are coming. These are the people. These are the gestures. These are the things. This is the kingdom. We are his witnesses. And he invites us to join him in the ordinary, wherever we are. So we're for our own business. We choose to live out and work in business in such a kingdom-minded way that doesn't take advantage of people and says, that's just business. We honor those that we employ and we seek to pay them the very best and to treat them the very best, hoping that they will do likewise. For those who are in education, we fight against what we have to do. All the nonsense paperwork and the curriculum that needs to be delivered. We fight past those things and we get to see the eyes of the individuals that we teach. And their stories and their backgrounds and the way that they're individuals, every single one of them. Even though some of their behavior is incredibly challenging at times. Because we seek to do and to be... And invite the king to establish the kingdom right there. Uh, a quick story: uh, We've parents' evening uh, just last week, and uh, we've this young man. He's a fifth year boy, and he's there with his father, who I've known for a number of years. And uh, this boy, um, this boy was fairly challenging over the over recent recent times. He's in one of the classes that I teach, and I've just seen he's just such a brilliant mind and a brilliant way of organizing things. And I just see that he's just gifted for business and he'll make money and he'll do well in life. And myself and my male colleague, we speak words of life over this young man. And my colleague says to this young fella, and this, he's not a Christian, he says these words. He says, you're no longer a boy, you are becoming a young man. He's speaking these words with his father present as well. And you can just see this young man come alive. It's like we're honoring him. We're establishing something right there. We're saying, you're you're the man. You're the man. And you can see something just grow inside this young fellow. You can see his chest kind of puff out. And as at the end of the interview stands up, and he reaches for our hands to shake our hands. It's like a validation thing that's going on. It's the kingdom. The king is about honoring, it's about seeing, it's about drawing out destiny in individuals and seeing people come alive. I've got other examples, but we're going to move on because we're coming into land. The kingdom is here. Open your eyes, see it, don't miss it, embrace it, invest in it, join the Father and what He's already doing in it. You don't need to perform, you don't need to strive, you don't need to produce, just be. be present, be available be vulnerable, be open, and be obedient. Experience the seed and look for the yeast. The kingdom has come. The kingdom is near. And he's inviting us to partner with him in it. Amen. Let's stand. Um, We've not much time. We're not going to do worship. We're going to be. There's no frills right now. There's no uh, ambiance except some interesting lighting.